Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I am your host, James O'Hagan, and this week I get to bring back Chris Avilas. Chris was a guest, I think, over a year ago, Chris, and uh, things have changed a little bit because before you were just middle school teacher Chris, who is uh, was working with middle school kids in Rocket League, and now you are esports author Chris Avilas and also a co-founder of the Garden State Esports Group. Chris, thank you for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. Anytime, you know that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we don't want to talk about the book because I, 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 I couldn't get past the forward because the forward <laughs> was just so amazing. I'm just kidding. The, that must have taken because uh, I know you had uh, you know Jesse you, had, uh, you know co-authors on that. Yes. Just real, just real quick, let's talk about that and promote sure. it for a second. Uh, promote the book and how was it working with three other people to write a book? Because that just sounds like trying to herd cats. Uh, yeah. So uh, Jesse Lubinsky, Christine Lyons Bailey, and Steve Isaacs and I, uh, we wrote a book as I like to call it the thing because I can never remember the full title. <laughs> uh, it's the esports uh, education playbook. Um, and it actually wasn't so bad because that's the one thing I think we, well, one of the things I think we did well was we divided up the work and we kind of would break apart and then come back together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Steve and I kind of did the how to pieces and Jesse and Christine kind of went through and did more of the overlying theory. And, uh, Jesse and Christine were fantastic about getting people like you to contribute and organizing everything. Um, so it worked out well because I don't like doing that stuff. You know, that's the herding cat. You know, we had something like almost a hundred different contributions and spotlights and stuff like that. Um, but that's Jesse and Christine's strong point um, is just, you know, networking, getting people to contribute. And um, the only get that I was responsible for was Amon Green, who I have to know through a mutual friend. Um, and, you know, that, that was my only job outside of writing my piece was to get Amon Green to contribute and then to write off or, you know, check off on uh, his contribution to make sure he's good for print. So. Uh, yeah, it was good. And it's great having him here in the state of Wisconsin. I know because he's helping in so many ways. He's he's a name here because uh, obviously Green Bay Packers running back for a long time. He's known in the rugby world, believe it or not, because after he gave up football, I believe he played uh, rugby for a little while out in Omaha. But yeah, now he's coaching at Lakeland University just up in Sheboygan, about an hour north of me. So it's great having him here. I will say that, but yeah, really cool dude. Really down to earth. Really gets it. You know, I was lucky enough to talk to him for a couple hours. You know, a couple different opportunities, and uh, just a just a guy who really gets it and is doing his best to contribute to the the world of scholastic esports. And you know, one of the things I made sure I got him kind of talking about, or you know, on the record, I was teasing him. I said, "So you're saying that esports athletes are just as much, you know, as athletes as traditional athletes, right?" He's like, "Yes." And I was like, all right, and I'm writing that down. And now that's, that's what I trot out every opportunity. Well, eSport isn't really a sport. Well, let me tell you about Amon Green. Have you heard of him? Okay. Mm-hmm. He said it's just as much as a sport. So, um, no, just a really cool dude. Yeah, you guys are lucky to have him. He's uh, he's really fun to talk to. The 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 first time I ever met him in person, uh, it was kind of funny. We, ha- we were having a big statewide, you know, meetup in Madison, and I walk into this room, and it's like y- you can tell that he is just not like the rest of us, right? You can tell he's. I'm looking at this guy, going, "Okay, this guy works out. Like that doesn't just work out, but is like genetically gifted, you know." And I, and and uh, I said something about rugby, I think, at one point, and he like I was like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay." I didn't put two and two together as to who he was because we didn't do any introductions. So it wasn't until after I left and went. Oh, now it makes sense. Now I know who that is. So 
Yeah, he's been a fantastic uh, advocate. But we're not here to talk about Amon Green. I'm sure if he's watching, he's just loving all the chat. Uh, but let's also talk not just about the book. Let's talk about the amazing work you've done with Garden State Esports because that has, uh, I know, sprung up very quickly. I mean, when you look at how associations, especially nonprofit state associations, go, we did this work in Wisconsin. You've got it going in in New Jersey. And in fact, it was great because a couple of weeks ago, I think I forwarded some contacts to you for people who said, hey, I saw you speak at a conference. I, I'm in New Jersey. I'm like, I don't even have to do anything. I'm just going to send it to Chris Avila's because they because they've got it going really well. How has that because I know there's just probably people going, how the heck do you even get one of these started? Yeah. And I think it's been a little different process for everybody in every state. But it seems like I said, you guys have grown up very quickly. And I was looking at your website. You've got a tremendous advisory board. You've got a tremendous group of people who are working. But how did you, I think it was you and Steve who decided like, hey, we got to do something about this. Yeah. What? How do you start that? Yeah, I mean, so there, there's kind of like the the pre-Garden uh, State Esports years. Before I started Garden State Esports, you know, I, I had what I like to call the first middle school team in the country. And I went and I asked Steve, you know, because he had a video game club. I said, can you get something together for us to play in Rocket League? And, you know, we had that matchup and stuff like that. Um and we got a lot of really positive press about that. We were on PBS, mm-hmm. on NBC, um, and I was catching a lot of emails from uh, just people around the country who were saying, like, hey, you know, how do we get started? We don't have anybody to play. And, and knowing what that was like, I said, okay, well, you know, I'll help you get started, and then you can play us. And uh, after about a year and a half of that, I was basically running a, a national league on a Google spreadsheet with a Google form, and I had something like 75 teams from around the country um, and then when COVID hit, you know, Steve and I decided to, you know, really kind of formalize this along with NASEF support. Um, and I wound up kicking out everybody who was uh, mountain or uh, on the West Coast. And, you know, James Woods and those guys, you know, have taken over that aspect, you know, out over on the West Coast. So they're doing a great job with their league. Um, and, and I kept everybody on the East Coast and CST. So, you know, a little known fact is, a little under 10% of our league isn't from New Jersey. We have Florida, uh, we have Illinois, we have a couple other states who play with us. Um, but from there, you know, we just started to scale and, and surprisingly we scaled very quickly. Within um, six months, we had about 50 districts and uh, we just had our, our one year anniversary a couple weeks ago and we're just shy of a hundred school districts. Um, we're seeing about 25 kids per team on average. So you talk about 2,500 kids, that's 20% of the state. Um, and, and really the, the push for starting Garden State Esports was really just a couple, I mean, a couple different reasons. Number one, I'm the type of person I like to build stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, taking this on was something I was really looking forward to doing because I, I just like to build things. Um, the other part of this was I was very uh, upset and nervous and concerned about the push from for-profits into my state. Um, you know, we have, I, I'm big on like statistics and data too. So about 15%, uh, 15% of our league are teams that were unhappy with other for-profits and they left and asked to join with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and kind of like you, Jim, you know what it's like to kind of be knowledgeable in the space. Like it's really obvious some of the predatory practices that are going on. And a lot of these districts um, just don't know. Right. So 
that's been part of Garden State Esports' mission too, is, is to educate, even if they don't wind up joining, at least educating, saying, hey, you know, these people that are promising you that, you know, they could do this for you and you have to have them, it's not true. We're here, we do it for free. If you don't like what we offer, do it yourself before you go with somebody like that, um, or at least find a partner who's gonna do it the right way. Um, the other side of this is that I have coached varsity sports here in Jersey for like 12 years. Um, and so I know everybody over at our state athletic association and they want nothing to do with esports. Mm-hmm. So there's this void that I thought was important for us to step into. Um, just because, you know, I think not having an esports team at this point is an equity issue, right? You know, if, if we both go to a high school with an esports team and when one of your high you know, your high school has a varsity letter program. Uh, and mine doesn't, well, one of our resumes looks a lot better when it comes time to apply for colleges. Right. So that was the other aspect is trying to get together this governing body. Uh, and about a month ago, we had our first high school, you know, be board approved to be varsity uh, letter eligible because there's a law here in Jersey that says any uh, intramural uh, interscholastic competition is eligible for a varsity letter. So that's how like, you know, I'm sure maybe it's similar in your state, but like, um, kids on the drama team, kids on the chess club, kids in debate, they can earn varsity letters because it's, it's competitive. It's, you know, maybe not traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tapping into that law, we had our first high school about a month ago. Uh, and then we have about more than half of our league is in the process of getting varsity letters for their kids. So just making sure that Jersey kids were in the best position to take advantage of the opportunities, you know, in post-secondary life, um, you know, and then the SEL, the CTE stuff, um, this being, you know, something that a lot of kids look forward to, you know, during COVID and now um, as things are slowly kind of hopefully getting back to normal. So the, the league has really, you know, it means a lot of things to me and it seems to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, so being able to be that for, you know, kids, for parents, um, um, for teachers, for, for administrators, uh, it's, it's been really exciting. You know, I, I get a lot of nice emails from parents, um, who just talk about how much the kids enjoy being part of a league and then thanks for doing this. And, um, so it's, it's, it's been really important to me. It's been really nice. Well, there's a couple of things too, that I want to take a moment to hit on. Number one, of course, um, you know, it's interesting. Again, we talk about the for-profit leagues. We won't say who, but, the the idea that you can come into a state and just say, okay, our model that worked over here is going to work over here. And, and, and even as you were just saying this, you know, you said uh, varsity, you got you can, there's a state law here, then varsity can be, we don't have that in Wisconsin. So uh, it, it's even, it's, it's these little things that, again, these for-profit companies who think they can just come in and say, okay, well, we're, we're, this is our model and this is how it works. It's important that we have these state associations because there are certain ins and outs and things that we know that a lot of people don't even know because it's not a big deal, you know, to to a lot of people outside of of state or for us in state, it's not a big deal. It's just the way we operate. But to somebody coming in, they're going, what do you mean there's a law? No, that's just how we do. That's that's just how we operate. So you. You, you can't just come in and say, this is how it's going to work. No, we have rules. We have ways of doing things. And again, it, it's it, that's why when those people came to me from Jersey and said, hey, we want to uh, you know find out more about esports. I said, Chris Avalos of Garden, Garden State Esports, because I know you all are doing it right. You're going to give them answers that are going to be, I think, best to get them started quickly because they are if they want to come back to me and say hey we talked with chris he's a cool dude but we want to do some more like in-depth work 
Yeah. I'm willing. I'm willing to work for money. That's cool. <laughs> but I want to make sure that the people who are going to be starting off, they get a Jersey answer mm-hmm. and a Jersey way of doing things. Because again, you just described to me a law I hadn't even thought about. Because I would have just said, "Well, I could just you know be varsity or not." Right. Not realizing that you have these extra steps that you have to take. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I mean, you really nailed it when it, when we talk about doing it right. You know what I mean? Like it's. There's something to be said when educators are running things because you know they're going to put the kids first and you know that they're going to know the ins and outs and all the minutia and all the BS that comes along with being a teacher and navigating the red tape and how you're supposed to do these things and how to make these connections. And, um, you know, I, I think you lose some of that with these for profits that come in with their one size fits all answers because they think that. You know, like a standardized test, they can drop a standardized esports league. Oh God, that's a, that's a great analogy, by the way. Perfect it, analogy. It really is. They come in, they're like, "Hey, you know, here's the test, here's the league, have fun," and and they just don't realize, you know, all the 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 different nuances and minutia, and you know, at least in a state like New Jersey. Um, we're small enough where everybody kind of knows everybody, and everybody knows, okay, you know, what districts. Uh, fall under your different factor groups, your title ones, who who needs different support, uh, you know, who who has different demographics that want to play different games. It, it, even as something as, as unfortunate as it sounds is, you know, uh, this district, we, we have a district that um, ha- had a, a I, I guess, well, an, an act of violence that really kind of shook the state. It, it wasn't, you know, necessarily a school shooting, but it was, it was something that really um, shook this community. And they approached and they wanted to do esports, but obviously the concern was there even with something like Overwatch and, and guns in it. So then they didn't know Rocket League was a thing. And I said, well, let's start off with soccer and cars. Or if you need something with a more direct, um, you know, tie to, to standards, let's let's start off some Minecraft stuff. Let's do the Rube Goldberg challenge. Let's do the Farmcraft challenge. Uh, let's do, um, you know, some stuff we're doing with City Skylines. Let's do some civil engineering. And so knowing what different districts have gone through, knowing, you know, what different factors play into a district's ability to bring something uh, into their schools, you know, I feel like in Jersey, we kind of know all that about each other. And so when these for-profits come in, um, they don't know, they don't care. And, and, you know, honestly, it's a lot of like, hey, let me get you signed up as soon as possible and then I'm going to change. Uh, I'm going to change the terms of the deal, and you best pray I do not alter them further. <laughs> great, That's great quote, by the way. And uh, it, you're, you're for those of you who are watching right now. Uh, I'll be interviewing Clint Kennedy uh, tomorrow, actually. And so Clint, who was uh, state, and then he was working for a for profit, and now he's working for a nonprofit. He's kind of seen all the sides of the coin from very different angles. So you're kind of uh, previewing. Uh, all of that there too, which I appreciate. Yeah. But the other part too that I really like, so I went on your website, you've got curriculum too around SEL. You've got the, I think it's the EPICS curriculum that's posted up there. Talk a little bit about what that is and, and what that means for, again, for your program and yeah. for, across um, the state. Yeah. So when um, I started the esports team in my district at Fairhaven, I was very lucky enough to have a school psychologist by the name of Dr. Matt Strobel, you know, gamer, high level jujitsu athlete. Um, and he's one of your advisors too, still on your on Guard the State's board. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I dragged him on this journey with me because he's he's just like one of those dudes that get it. You know what I mean? Um, and so, as I started kind of this esports team, 
at my school, I knew I wanted to make sure that I was having that social emotional learning component. I wanted to make sure I had a safe, inclusive space for these kids to come into. Um, we've, even, we've, we've even been playing around with bystander intervention training and, and arming kids with the ability to defend those spaces and you know what that looks like when it comes time to stand up for yourself or others. Um, and so Matt has been there with me now for almost four years. Um, just kind of coming in and, and he watches me and watches me make all my state mistakes. And then we kind of break down afterwards. And, um, you know, after three years of that, we started to put together this curriculum because we, we learned a lot. We tried a lot of different things and, um, you know, a lot of them seem so obvious to say them out loud now, but at the time they just weren't, you know, we, mm-hmm. we started doing, you know, SEL mindfulness stuff as like these 20 minute slideshows. And the kids would get mad at us because they joined an esports team. They didn't join like an SEL club. Um, And so we had to go back to the drawing board a lot of times to learn how to integrate that kind of stuff into practice. You know, and and so drawing on my my varsity experience as a coach, he, you know, is a master of SEL and mindfulness and all this other stuff. You know, we kind of combined the two and and it really worked out. You know, um, we, we bake it right into the practice. Um, and, and it's really got a lot of positive, you know, support and, and um, traction. And we just talked to uh, SEL 4NJ, which is a real big um, group here in New Jersey. They consult with Castle, and, and Castle uses them all the time. There's a Castle board member on that team. And so we talked to Castle. Castle loved it. We're going to work out some stuff with Castle in the near future. But we're also doing some uh, early level kind of studies with Rutgers and SEL 4NJ. Uh, who are associated together in and around it to make it even better. But it, it's free for everybody. We don't want to charge for it. We just want people to use it to make their esports teams um, as inclusive and educational as possible. So, like I said, they could go to your website right now, Garden State Esports, download this free, get it. It's, I think yeah. it's just a Google Doc. G- and- yeah, gsesports.org. It's, uh, it's a PDF. Little, little fun note is we use um, Google Slides as like publisher for everything. So it's, you know, like Google Slides, we turn into a PDF, totally free. Um, yeah, and they, and they can, it's, it's draw, you know, it's, it's basically drop and play. You can put it right into your practices. And uh, that's probably what I'm going to do after our interview here. I saw it before. Yeah. Uh, other thing too, because you, you touched that on a little bit just now, Rutgers, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know. First of all, a lot of people don't know Rutgers is now a big 10 school. I don't know how that happened. I went to Purdue. I don't know how that happened. I don't think Rutgers knows. I don't think they do either. <laughs> no, their, their basketball team has been surprisingly good. I will okay. say that. But, uh, th- that's been a interesting, uh, connection too, because I mean, it's not like they're novices to the esports space. They're one of the yeah. biggest schools in the country that has a very solid esports program. How has it been working with Rutgers at this point? It, it's been fantastic. You know, my connection with Rutgers started through the wrestling program and a former, you know, wrestling coach I associated with wound up at the, the head coach for Rutgers, Scott Goodale. Um, and so I've, you know, always kind of been in and around the scene and lucky enough to meet a lot of the folks over there. But um, a few years ago, yeah, they started an esports program. But I think what a lot of people don't realize about the Rutgers esports program is that it's, uh, at least until this year, was completely student-run. Um, Rutgers basically donated the space, and they couldn't even actually use the Rutgers logo on anything. They, they weren't the Rutgers eSports team. They weren't necessarily entering competitions representing their school. They were a, a glorified club. Um, but, you know, they, they say they're the biggest. They have over 1,000 kids in their eSports programs. 
Um, and so the connection with Rutgers has been all student. I've never talked to any faculty, nor would I even know where to start. Um, really? Yeah. I, I, um, I happened to, uh, through a mutual friend, run into the president of the esports team three years ago, started to schedule matches with Rutgers because we had no middle schools to play when we first started. Um, and then as he was the outgoing president, he introduced me to the next incoming president. And that's been the relationship with Rutgers now for, for years. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I wish the faculty over there would maybe support uh, and really realize they have something special there. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you the kids have been absolutely fantastic, self-organizing, you know, spending their time and in a lot of cases their money because um, we do some person-to-person, you know, face-to-face stuff they'll jump on the train and, and take the train down to our events. And, uh, you know, they have been fantastic. So I, I really couldn't say enough nice things about the Rutgers program, and, and I hope they continue to grow. And I remember first seeing your esports team at uh, in Philadelphia at uh, ISTE, I think it was 2019. Gosh, that feels like forever ago. Uh, playing um, Stockton. Uh, yeah, Stockton. And again, yeah, you were, you were very much about we, we can't find regular competition, so we have to find it where we can get it. But Garden State Esports, is that middle school and high? Is it just middle school? What is it right it, now? It's middle school and high school. You know, Steve and I, with, with both being in middle schools, that's kind of how we approached it, where I think you see some of these other state organizations are mostly or if not all high school. Mm-hmm. We actually started with middle school, uh, and right now we're about 60 – well, we're, we're about uh, – 50% middle schools, 40% high schools, 10% community organizations. Cause basically anybody who has kids, we will take. Mm-hmm. So I have like after school youth groups. I have the boys and girls club of Atlantic city. Um, I have, uh, some, um, after school programs. I just did a big workshop for the New Jersey after school programs association. And I said, if you guys have kids and you can be ready to play by three 30, come on in, we'll take anybody. Right. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I, I've been contacted by um, um, the Special Olympics here in New Jersey, excited to hopefully work something out with them, mm-hmm. um, doing something statewide for the Boys and Girls Association. I have some cooking for the uh, Burlington County Library System. Their eight libraries want to do, you know, like a Fortnite tournament. Uh, Boy Scouts I've talked to, you know. Um, so I, I think that's one of the other beautiful things about esports is is we can be again a lot of things to a lot of people and i know i'm really proud of what we're doing with the boys and girls clubs because that esports stuff that we're doing is is you know getting those kids in the door they come in they meet with their mentors they do their homework and then you know at 4 35 o'clock we're doing some Fortnite stuff because it's easy for me to throw up a server and, and play with all these kids and they can play on their phones which is big and yeah uh, we're, we're gonna add raw holla to the mix we could do those on our phones too um so it's exciting to be able to meet the needs of so many different um stakeholders that's what i love about this too and again this is what you don't get in a turnkey for-profit one model Kind of, and I granted that I, I don't I want to be fair. I mean, they don't it's not like they don't try to be everything to everybody. They really do. But there is again, I said they try, but there's 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 something still about knowing the landscape, knowing all the ins and outs. Like you said, the library system, the Boys and Girls Club, the Boy Scouts, all these things that you mentioned can so very easily be overlooked by, again, who somebody comes in and said, we're going to do a high school. OK, now we're going to do middle school. Okay, now we're going to, it's like, no, no, no. As you said, they've got kids 
let's like we're proposing legislation in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, we, we finally got it back on the books because last year everything got thrown off because of COVID. But it is grants for esports programs. And I, I was very particular with them about you know writing that that uh, bill. It's not just for public schools. It's for private schools, parochial schools, homeschool associations like libraries. Let's not if, if we can get kids into a positive space. Yes, we can get them around positive adult interaction. The, the research doesn't say a teacher. The research says positive adult interaction that will push against some of the mental health crises that we're seeing in a lot of our communities. But I also wanted to ask you this, too. You know, you started to go into because middle school is, it has been a tricky one. And I don't know why it's been so hard for people to get into it. But, you know, that seems to be the hot growing spot right now. And I even start to seeing it now in elementary. What is something that you have seen that is a major difference that somebody may who's thinking like, OK, middle school or high school, where do we start? What has been something that's been, I guess, a surprise to you in the high school ranks coming from middle school and vice versa? Maybe something that somebody who's starting with middle school maybe needs to be aware of that they weren't really thinking of before. I know I'm just throwing you a really like obviously game title is going to be one. The rating. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, here's what I'm thinking. So I, I, I think I have a pretty good perspective because I taught high school English for 10 years and this is now going to be my sixth year in middle school. So I've kind of seen you know, basically the the sixth through twelfth grade landscape, and you know, game titles kind of seem to make a difference. But I, I, you know, at least what I noticed, the kids are going to play what you pick. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A lot of these kids will circle back to Rocket League in in middle school at least because that's all we're allowed to play. I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to play Fortnite. I'm not, I'm not uh, allowed to play Overwatch or League or anything like that. Um, and I've always found the easiest way because I've been doing a lot of you know talking to different stakeholders about this. Um, the easiest way is just to define it, define it as over 13 and under 13. And so anything we do with under 13, you know, I'm doing with dummy accounts, like, you know, student one at fairhaven.edu. And mm-hmm. I'm using my name and the school phone number and the school address and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm very lucky that I have a great partner in UGC, Ultimate Gaming, Cham- you know, Gaming Championship, um, who have given us their platform and, and have been making these changes to embrace classic esports, right? When we talk about for-profits doing it right, UGC mm-hmm. is one of those that are really doing it right uh, and, and have been incredibly supportive for what we're doing. And, and we found a way to make it work for both of us. Um, but, you know, what I had talked to UGC about is if we're doing things for under 13 age groups, I need you to make me a special version of the game, right? Typically, Rocket League is 3v3. I need you to make me a Rocket League 1v1. And um, the only people joining that 1v1 are going to be the two coaches. And then really it's on the honor system, right? And, and there's some of that in traditional sports. I'm assuming anybody you put on a wrestling mat or the football field is the age, is eligible, right? There's that trust between coaches. And, you know, again, I think that's part of when you have a scholastic organization run by teachers is everybody does it right. Everybody um, is trustworthy and, and, you know, men and women of their um, word. Mm. So, you know, I'm seeing all of that stuff. I would say the biggest difference or, or maybe the most important thing I'm seeing about middle school and why I think middle school is so important is I think that that is the age where we can really make a difference in their behavior. Um, and, and I say that because from my own team and, and experiences I'm hearing from across Garden State Esports, a lot of the racism and homophobia and misogyny and all that other stuff that we see in, in, in gaming, right, that toxicity we see in gaming, 
the the deprogramming or addressing that seems to be much much easier in middle school because a lot of these kids are sharing stuff because mm-hmm. their favorite streamer their older brother they're seeing it on reddit and all these other places where you know they seem to be wandering and i spend a lot of time and this is in the epic curriculum unpacking digital culture and when you you know, let these kids know, well, I'll throw a meme up on the board and I'll say, look, guys, I know a lot of you got you just shared this in chatter. You know, we had to go talk about dog water because that's what all the kids are saying right now. You know, hey, let's break it down and talk about what this means and where it comes from and why you don't even know what you're saying. Right. Is, you know, and, and a lot of these kids at that age, like panic. They're like, oh, my God, I'm saying something racist like that's not good. I got to change. Whereas if you get to, I would imagine, high school and you're still kind of doing that, it's more of an active choice than I feel like at the middle school level where they're just parroting. They're, you know, they're so impressionable. If an older Mm -hmm. brother says it, if a streamer says it, you know, a lot of my kids um, are starting to get into podcasting and they're listening to like Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro, which is like alt-right light, you know what I mean? So when that stuff comes up, and again, you know, I would say anecdotally, the kids on your esports team tend to be a little bit more in those spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Podcasting, Reddit, 4chan, that kind of stuff. Um, If you can be that positive adult interaction and kind of address it and let them know why it's not cool and where it comes from and what, you know, you're saying is hurtful. Now you, you team that up with the bystander intervention training where they're not just hearing it from me, they're hearing it from their peers. They're hearing it from the team captain, right? Who is a, a kid on the team who has to vocally stand up for that stuff. Um, you know, because when we talk about bystander intervention, if you're not comfortable standing up on your own, well then you need to at least be comfortable to come letting a trusted adult know, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, you know, you start to get it from all different angles. They're getting formal, they're getting from peers, they're getting it from, you know, maybe the counselor or something like that. And now when you think about it, that that's three years in the middle school level of just getting, you know, getting it through their heads that that's not okay. And sometimes they get benched, sometimes they got to sit down, sometimes they got to, you know, I try to do as much restorative justice as I can. They got to apologize and they got to name and, you know, why they hurt somebody. I think that's probably the most valuable real estate in middle school is I feel like you can really make an impression on these kids, you know, even with the eighth graders that are too cool and, you know, will often uh, act a certain way when their peers are in the room, when these kids leave, they're like, Hey, Mr. You know, Mr. Reels, I'm not like that. Like, I didn't know that's my bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's, to me, I, I love even hearing that elementary school. I, I got approached by our first elementary school. Fourth and fifth graders want to play. Come yeah. on, in. come on, because it's you know better than anybody, Jim. It's not about the game, right? Well, I just the title I, could be anything. Okay, I want could... I want them to be better than when they came in. I want better people to move through my program. I said that as a wrestling coach, as a football coach, I'll say it as the esports coach. I don't care if we win or lose. Well, I, I love to win, but um, <laughs> yes, you do. I you do. are you are slightly competitive, my friend. I am. Um, but you know, second to even winning, I want these kids to come through and be better people. And, you know, imagine we have a world where, you know, the Twitch chat is, is policing the streamer, you know, imagine a world where kids are calling each other out and it's not cool and funny and, you know, edgy edgelord nonsense to, to say and do this kind of stuff. People are like, really dude, like, that's what you're doing. Like, why? And we know too, that it's not just 
the things that they're seeing with memes and pop culture, but also now that, you know, hundreds, Th- I think it was hundred thieves just signed a deal to get like twisted tea, you know, and they're, they're signing up a boozy deal. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on LinkedIn today who are celebrating that. And I said, right. you know, and, but they're, and they're using comparisons like, well, the NFL does, first of all, the NFL was, was not started, you know, to go after a young generation. The NFL right. was started to go after an older generation of grown men. And now you've and we know there's factual data research that shows that these these alcohol companies do target just like cigarette companies for the longest time would target minors because they knew that they would be and they would just do these like subtle, you know, entrances and find the soft spots in marketing where they could get at these kids and show them that the culture is cool or whatever, not showing the real effort, you know, the problems we have to be because we know being as educators Drinking doesn't start in high school or in college. Sometimes it starts even earlier. You know, these kids get access to some things and they don't ever think about the consequences. So I love that you're bringing in the SEL. I love that you're bringing in this conversation too about like, hey, you know, we have to have a foot in this space earlier than where we have it right now because we do. And we know, again, those kids, it doesn't matter what game it is. We, as long as we've got them engaged in something, the positive adult interaction, the opportunities to play, these we we can make it whatever we want to be. We don't have to follow a for-profit model. We don't have to follow a pipeline of the pros. We can do it how we ever need to for our kids in our state and for even in our school districts. Again, as you said at the beginning, even if you don't choose me, do it yourself in-house. You know, yeah. put it put it on a Google like put it on a Google spreadsheet. And I do have to say too, you know, you brought up UGC, for-profit company. I'm working with them as well, and they have been fantastic to work with. Very responsive to everything. Wanting to learn what our space is about. Not coming in and telling us what the space is, but saying, how do we help make this better for you? Uh, Chris, we're up against time. Like I said, I've been trying to keep these things through, and I know we could go on forever. For uh, Anything that you want to share, promote, or uh, push out right now other than the book? Buy the book. It's still available on Amazon. If you like to read, we wrote a book. Go check it out. The Esports Education Playbook. Um, if you need any advice on getting started the right way in your state, in your school with esports, we are happy to talk at gsesports.org. And if you're in New Jersey, come and join us. If you're on the East Coast or Central Time Zone, you can even come and join and play if you don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, and if you're not, we will find you a place to play. I, I may take you up on that because I've got two middle schools right here in Racine who are like, yes, we want to be in on this. And again, that middle school thing is... As much as I'd love to do that to Wisconsin, uh, I think Mike Dolly will have a heart attack if any more, uh, if there's any more layers of things. Or he'll ask me to do it, and I'll be like, oh, my God, no thanks. Uh, Chris Avilas, the Teched Up teacher, Garden State Esports, famous author. Thank you for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, sir.